Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of The Blackout, as always, coming to you from bellyupsports.com. Here for another show, it's the two of us. He is Alan Denton. I'm Thomas Black. Alan, welcome back. How are you this week? Oh, man, I'm doing well. Refreshed after a a great day of football and uh, watching my Titans win last week or yesterday over the Colts. And like once again, that that was kind of an unprecedented thing. So the curse of Andrew Luck has finally lifted, I believe. Yeah, man, there has been a lot of stuff going on both NFL and college football. But of course, we are here to talk about college. So let's dive into it, man. Week 14 was wild. Some fascinating games to look at. Auburn's upset of Alabama, 48-45. Ohio State over Michigan, 56-27. Just to name a couple of the ones that some people might have had their eye on. Alan, what caught your eye as we worked our way through week 14? Well, I think Nick Saban got what he wanted in that in acting like a petulant child, he got the attention drawn back onto himself, even though the attention should have been on um, how great a game that truly was. I mean, it was remarkable. Um, and then, of course, Ohio State was as impressive as we've seen anyone this year um, with their just absolute butt whooping of Michigan. Dude, it was fascinating. You go back through that Alabama-Auburn game, and, you know, in a lot of ways, I think you saw the Crimson Tide probably outplaying the Tigers. You know, they had all the yards, uh, a bunch of passing touchdowns, just anything they could have asked for, but it was a couple of blips on the radar, whether it was the two pick sixes, the missed field goal at the end that could have tied it. Uh, Just a few things went wrong that enabled Auburn to win this game, and, you know, just they needed every part of it, Uh, but quite an upset and uh, a fascinating game, just a wild one back and forth the whole way. Oh, absolutely. It was fascinating that uh, there's something about the plains, man. Maybe it's the the cabin that uh, that they have that, you know, uh, just all kinds of goodies get dropped down there. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that when you're on the plains in the Iron Bowl, weird things happen. And so, uh, I mean, like you said, it took every bit of two pick sixes and on top of um, Alabama's kicker doing the 35 yarder to tie the game. I mean, it, it took all of that for Auburn to win that football game, which is pretty amazing, honestly. And then on top of that, they jumped off sides. Yeah. Um, with that beautiful, beautiful um, trickery, having the punter out as a, as a wide receiver. So that, that was pretty hilarious. You throw all that together, you mix it up and you add on the field goal that was at the end of the first half for Auburn with one second left on the clock. Uh, it was just a work of art that, like you said, something happens when you're on the plane, 
crazy things happen, and every single one of those things had to happen for Auburn to win this game, because otherwise, it was not going to happen. Because when you look at Alabama throwing the ball all over the yard, uh, I actually picked Auburn to win this game. I thought that their defense was going to create some chaos, and they kind of did in a way with the pick sixes, but not in the way I thought, you know, because I was kind of thinking, hey, they're going to have to find a way to ugly up this game to win. But instead, it was a track meet, uh, you know, up and down, scoring left and right, and somehow Auburn still finds a way to win the game. Yeah, and they just found a way. And and I, it's truly a, a remarkable um, feat for them because I think this Alabama team showed itself to be to be worthy in many, many ways. But um, instead, they're going to go home empty this year. And uh, that that's that's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Crimson Tide fan. Absolutely. You touched on the dominance of Ohio State, 56-27 over Michigan. What was your takeaway in this one? I didn't get to see a lot of it, uh, but honestly, to what from what I saw, it looked like to me, and just tracking the score a little bit, it looked like Michigan made a game of it for maybe a quarter, a quarter and a half. There was a turnover in an unfortunate situation, and all of a sudden, Ohio State was pulling away. Uh, it, just, it, it can't be lost, I think, just how impressive this Ohio State team is, top to bottom, offensively, defensively, just everywhere on the field, they seem to be superior to everybody they've played this year. Yeah, they are totally um, just, they, they just come at you in waves. And, and and over the course of the game, they just began to to wear on Michigan. And, and Harbaugh was so excited. I mean, he was, he was elated and so pumped after they scored the first touchdown. They went right down, scored, and of course, um, missed the extra point. But um, he, he was he was fired up, and then Ohio State answered, and then they came back and answered again. And just over the course of time, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Fields, thankfully he's okay. Yes. Um, just uh, it, it, they just began to wear on him. There's just too much talent on that team. I mean, they Ryan Day has done a remarkable job this year in his first year as head coach. He really has. And man, I don't know if there's anything more impressive that I've seen than, you know, Justin Fields. I don't know what the numbers are at this point. I think it's something like uh, 22 touchdown passes or 25 touchdown passes, the only one interception. Uh, it, there hasn't been anybody that's been able to slow down the running game. I've been waiting for it all year because I'm going, man, is Justin Fields really good enough passing the ball? But they are just diverse enough offensively that there hasn't been a single defense that's been able to slow them down yet. Not even Michigan's unit that had really been playing well most of the season and especially you know, going the other way as well with the Michigan offense, Shea Patterson, they just could not muster enough offense to be able to contend with the beast that is the Buckeyes. Yeah, and even in Ann Arbor too. I think that makes it much more impressive. I think we all could have seen a result like this coming if this was in Columbus. But going to the big house and winning in that type of fashion, in my opinion, should vault them into to the number one place, and they should be able to avoid Clemson in the semifinal. Now, as we turn our look to the middle of this week, coming off the weekend, a lot more has been happening. Coaching changes, quarterback transfer portal news, uh, anything and everything, fascinating stuff to watch. Steve Adazio fired by Boston College, Charlie Strong fired by USF, Matt Luke fired by Ole Miss. The news coming out this afternoon that Chris Peterson is going to step down after the bowl game at Washington, enabling <laughs> defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake to become head coach. Whoa. It's nuts, man. <laughs> what have you taken note of with the with the coaches around the country, and what move is maybe the most surprising to you? 
Well, I, I tweeted about this. I, I think probably for, for everybody, including even the national guys, I think the Washington move caught everyone off guard. But uh, I, I'd seen this mentioned, and, and, and I, I think Chris Peterson has just such respect. The people love him both at Boise State and at Washington and respect him as a person. And in today's college football, that truly is remarkable that you have multiple teams that, um, that you no longer coach that still love you and respect you. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, but I, I think maybe the most surprising of all was, um, and, and I don't know that result wise, it should have been surprising, but um, just the circumstances of it really surprised me about Ole Miss. I could not believe yeah. fired Luke. And, um, and even I tweeted that they probably should have considered it. In my opinion, that team was a six or seven win talent type team and and they went four and eight after they literally pissed it away and and that was just one of those things where um i I just thought given the circumstances that their new ad wouldn't want to come in and and shake things up like that and certainly with the way that the players reacted um with the meeting and just you know several of them just walking out absolutely um, that that one was was pretty shocking um just overall even though result wise he hasn't he hasn't um done all that great of a job i think you're spot on and you know to me matt luke is a guy that's finding his way i think he was a really good fit at ole miss and on top of that they have a young team they're breaking in a true freshman quarterback as the latter stages of the season went on and i thought they had some promise at least offensively i thought they were starting to figure some things out so i'm with you i was surprised in that one i think i was probably most surprised though with chris peterson Stepping down, uh, you know, I don't know the reasons for it. Obviously, there had been a plan in uh, taking place for some time because Jimmy Lake was announced head coach as soon as he uh, was mentioned that Peterson was going to be stepping down. So now you're looking at a situation where he moves on. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's just done coaching. You know, I know he's going to move into an administrative kind of role at Washington and he's going to be at the school. Uh, but I was just surprised by the timing of it because he's done a good job there and uh, he's a young guy. He's in only in his middle 50s. So I, I was a little bit surprised by that one just simply because of his age and because of. Uh, I don't know, the length of time he was at Boise State, I guess, and because it seemed like things were still flowing along pretty well at Washington, even though they haven't had quite the year they would have wanted this year. I think it speaks to um, his his character. And this, honestly, if, if you mentioned to me Chris Peterson, I think of consistency. I think of um, resilience. I think of, of patience. Um, I think of doing it the right way and all of this kind of exudes that they came in, there was a plan, Jimmy Lake, who, uh, you know, has, has been a pretty tremendous defensive backs coach and put a lot of DBs in the league. Um, they had a succession plan. When you think of stability and uh, you think of Chris Peterson in a, in a landscape of college football that is extremely volatile and so it, it doesn't surprise me that he went out this way, um, but I, I am surprised that he he did go out this soon because you're right he he looks great like he's in physical health and evidently there's there's no health problems that he just uh, needed to recharge his batteries and um, kudos to him in a in a time where we're all can run on empty a little bit that that he realized that you know. 
Absolutely. Now we look at the quarterbacks and some news coming out today. Jake Bentley, or over the last couple of days, Jake Bentley at South Carolina looking for a grad transfer possibility where he could move and play next year immediately. The same thing with Felipe Franks. He's going to test the waters, look at the grad transfer, look at the transfer portal. In addition, he's going to keep his eye on the NFL, possibly jump to the NFL draft. Any surprises there or uh, (laughs) landing spots for these guys? Um. If if either one of them go to the draft, the answer to that is most certainly no. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say, I, it, it just feels like Jake Bentley should still be going to a senior prom. Um, yeah, you know that was that was the big joke for for multiple years is that the guy was younger than all his peers and that type of stuff. I, I mean, I, I wish both of them them well. Um, I, I think they're going to make. Uh, a team outside of the SEC, uh, a pretty good quarterback. I, I'm going to be fascinated to see um, what either one of them do once they're kind of outside of, uh, particularly Bentley, outside of the chaos of um, having a very defensive-minded coach. Um, Mullins is a quarterback whisperer, but um, and he was and Franks was playing better, but. At no point was was he kind of the superstar that his ranking in high school had led him up to be. Sure, and so I I think at a at a little bit lower level, he could do really really well and just be dominant. Dude, I'm with you. Uh, but if I'm looking at this thing, I'm a little bit surprised by the Franks thing. I, I get it with Jake Bentley. He was hurt early in the season. He has this Helensky kid come up, and Helensky's pretty good. And, you know, you're talking about maybe Jake Bentley coming back and fighting it out for a starting spot going into his last year. I don't really know that that's a spot that's all that appealing for a Jake Bentley who put in a lot of time, had won some games, and now is going to be put in a position where he may not even win that job next year if he comes back. But Franks, you know, I'm with you. He's not he's not the most impressive quarterback, but he had made some strides. He was getting better. A terrible, terrible injury. I think it was a dislocated ankle against Kentucky earlier this year. But to me, I think he has stood a much better shot of rehabbing and coming back and potentially winning a starting job and, and maybe making it not all that close in the process. Are you anywhere on the same page, or do you think he was maybe in a similar situation where he wasn't going to win a starting job if he came back to the Gators? Well, Mullen had gone with him this year for a reason, right? And and Kyle Trask has has been terrific in in all ways. But I, I will say this: I mean, Mullen had an affinity for for him and for his ability to get to the edge. He he liked his legs. He liked his really live arm. I mean, I, I go back to to several years ago, um, into twenty seventeen when he threw that sixty three yard just bullet the Hail Mary to beat Tennessee. Yeah. And he is just a, an incredible arm. And so if he puts it all together, he has all the tools to be a very good quarterback, not just at this level, but at the next one. And so I am surprised because I've, I felt like the path for him to win that job um, was a little bit clearer, but at, at the same time, I, I certainly understand his decision because Kyle Trask um, has kind of taken over that locker room and, and led them to a, a 10 and two regular season, which is no small feat. 
Now, let's go ahead and shift things. As we talked about on last week's podcast, the reason you are here, the shift we're taking here on the show on the blackout, is to guide people through college football pickums on ESPN. So we're going to be doing this on a regular basis. We've already got a uh, group being reserved for people registering for the bowl pickums coming up. We don't have an official group yet, but I know you take part in it. I take part in it. How did you do in week 14? I want to know what your record was. How many points did you grab on your way through the weekend as we looked at Saturday's slate? I did pretty well this weekend. I actually, I, I went nine and one with the Ooh. only game that I missed uh, was the Iron Bowl. I, I had Alabama at a four, so I scored a 51 out of 55 possible points. And uh, I, I, I thought Alabama was going to win that game. And like we talked about uh, for for all intents and purposes, they they probably should have won that game. Yeah, not for a lot of different things. And so, um, yeah, I, I was pretty pleased with the way that that the things played out. I I extended the lead and the group that I was in by a, a few points. And so, going into the final week, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm I'm pretty set on uh, on winning my league. Awesome, good job, man. I'm proud of you. You know, my week wasn't quite as clean as yours. I went seven and three. But I did did pick up 47 points, just losing some low-level picks. I missed the Cal-UCLA game. That was my one-pointer. I went, ended up, I went against you. I went with Minnesota instead of going with Wisconsin. Lost that one at a three. And then I lost also Iowa State over Kansas State. Uh, but I did pick Auburn. But like you said, like we talked about, it didn't really play out the way we thought it was going to. So, Or how I needed it to to be able to, from, in my mind, what I thought what it was going to take to get a win. That's, that's exactly right. Well, you know, as I was looking at the line developing over the course of the week, that Cal-UCLA game was a pick em. Yeah. You know, it was pretty much an even game. So that was one of those things that we talked about last week, the, the Pac-12 after bed. Who knows who's going to win that game? Um, I, I believe in Justin Wilcox more than I do Chip Kelly, which is the, really the only reason that I picked Cal in that game. Sure. And, uh, yeah, Wisconsin flexed its muscles, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it was an impressive slate. All right. Where do you stand total points wise? What percentile are you in right now? So I'm currently in the 97th percentile Woo! with us. <laughs> yeah, I know, bro. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm flexing on people. Um, Five. Uh, I'm I'm currently ranked uh, five thousand six hundred eighty-seven in the nation, which is pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, I, that's I'm ex- I'm excited about that. I'll take this kind of year every year. Absolutely, where, no so doubt. Where are you sitting, at, bro? I uh, I moved up to six hundred twenty-two total points. I'm a little ways behind you. I'm sitting in the ninety-fifth percentile, so just a little ways back. I'm also happy with where I'm at. But dude, you've got to get this too. And the group I'm in, I'm a, I'm in a small group. I, you know, only ten people in this thing. I'm in second place right now. I'm back by one point headed into the final week. And, oh, let's uh, go. And my wife, Kristen, who I've taught how to do this stuff, how to look at point spreads, how to look at stats, she's sitting in third place one point behind me. So your top three are all separated by two points as we head into this <laughs> final week. And then get this, like I don't remember exactly what it is. Uh, back behind Kristen from third place to fourth place is something like a 34-point gap. I mean, it's huge. <laughs> so, oh <my> gosh. <laughs> so, uh, so us three here at the top, uh, you know, we're battling it out, going into the final week with just a couple of points between us. Any one of us could win it as we go into the last week. So it's going to be really entertaining. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! 
when it's that close going to the final week, especially with as many games. And this week is so much closer to what we will um, kind of experience in the bowl games as well, because there are a lot of teams playing that we, for the most part, we don't know a lot about. Yeah. And so all huge point swings can happen. So you're right. Any of those top three people can, um, can, can win that league. No doubt about it. All right. Now, as we recap and finish off a recap of last week, what was your best pick in your estimation? Look, I'm not looking for what was your number 10 pick and what did you get right? That might be your best pick, but I'm saying, you know, if you were looking at some deep analysis and trying to figure out, Hey, maybe go with this thing off a gut feeling or some information you knew, what was your best pick that you analyze at a point value, you know, and a score that backed it up from last weekend? I think the best pick that overall that I, that I gained the most on actually ended up being that Cal UCLA game. Yeah. Um, the, 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 my bottom three were actually the, the games that I made up significant ground sure. on people that behind me. So I got the Cal game right as a three. I got the um, Kansas State game right as a two. And I got the Wisconsin game right as a one. And those were the difference makers over the course of the week. Absolutely. And so the biggest value game at the end, because it was still going to be within um, uh, like an eight point spread between me and the the other guys that I'm competing with. And so they both had UCLA. And so I was able to, to really kind of take a commanding lead with that cow game to end the night so sure. I, was, I was i was very very pleased you killed it man i'll go with my best pick uh i'm going a little bit different side on this one i could say auburn because i got that right in my league uh, but like we talked about i really think alabama should have won the game so i would look at it going you know what if you picked alabama i think that was a good pick i, I don't know that mine was all that substantiated other than the fact that Auburn did win the game. So you could either go that route, or I think my best pick probably, you're looking at Ohio State. Uh, They were only about a nine-point favorite over Michigan. I put them at a level eight. I was super confident they were going to win this game. I thought they were going to win it comfortably, uh, and they won it even bigger than I thought they were going to. So I thought there was no chance that Michigan was really going to threaten them. I just didn't think Michigan's offense was diverse enough, and I think that all came to fruition in that one. So I'd go with Ohio State at number eight for my best pick of the weekend. That's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you, man. How about your worst pick? Oh, I, uh, the, the pick that I, I felt least confident about was it, it ended up being okay for me because Oklahoma ended up winning significantly. But last week I talked about the fact that, that in no way was I confident in Oklahoma winning that game. Yeah. And so I had them at a five and going in, that was an area that that was a game right there in the middle of the pack that I'm like, I could, I could lose my lunch on this. <laughs> if some, if somebody, you know, chooses Oklahoma state, or even if, you know, they hadn't picked Oklahoma high, they had them at like a, a one or something. And then Oklahoma would have lost, then they would have had some potential points on me. And, uh, so that was probably the, my riskiest pick, but, um, uh, kind of like your Auburn deal, it, it just ended up paying off. Sure. My worst pick, I, I've got one of two options. One is because I got it flat out wrong. I went with Minnesota at a three. They lost 38-17. Like you said, Wisconsin flexed on them. 
end of story. They won by 21 points, not even close. So I was off on that one by a good bit. And then even one I got right that I'd say it wasn't necessarily good logic on my part. I put LSU at a six. I told you last week I thought Texas A&M could maybe keep it close, <laughs> maybe make it a 10-point game. But man, that game was done in the first five minutes. And uh, it was 21 to nothing before you could go and fill up your drink. <laughs> LSU rolls 50 to seven, making me look foolish, putting LSU at only a six. My goodness, you could have put that anywhere, eight, nine, ten. I mean, anywhere. Anything would have been better than putting LSU at a six, but at least I still got it right. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's move into championship week. There's a ton going on. Like you said, a lot of games we can look at. Alan, the thing that we're going to do here is we're going to give some people some tips because obviously, like we've documented, we're pretty good at this pick em thing. So as we head into championship week, this is the make or break week for a lot of people. Some people, you know what, they're just sitting in the middle. They're just trying to have a good week to finish off. But for those who are trying to make the difference and moving past some people, maybe even winning a league, what kind of pick are you looking at? Just give me one. Give me a little tip that you're looking for for a game this week. I think that you can you can really make some run with um, some of those known games. So uh, I, I think that you know everybody's going to have Ohio State and Clemson up high, pretty much. Right. Um, so I, I think with with a game, a repeat game like Cincinnati and Memphis. I mean, eh, that's such that's so dumb of the American to literally have the same game played. Tw- I know they can't predict that, but they, these were two of the best teams coming in. And so um, the, the fact that they're playing each other in the same stadium, literally one week after they played each other yeah. is, um, is, is kind of weird. So if, if I'm looking for a, a couple of points here, chances are there's going to be a couple people in your groups that are going to pick Memphis higher because they saw them win by 10 this past week. And so I, I, I would say if you're if you're looking to make up some points, you, you might be able to make up some points. At this point, I mean, it's the last week. you got to go for it. And so you could see Cincinnati with Luke Fickle dialing up some, um, uh, some different kind of defensive tactics. You could see him um, winning that game. Because like I said, they, they were only 10 points. They're, they're actually uh, – Memphis is favored by 10 again. Right. Um, and then if you're if you're really looking for for something, I mean those those close games like Oklahoma, Baylor, you can get a couple of points here and there um, because those are truly going to be fifty fifty type games. Um, and, and then anything five and below this week is going to include two or three games that no one knows really much about those teams. Absolutely. So what are you thinking about? No, I'm, I mean, I'm with you, when, especially when you talk about the Cincinnati-Memphis thing. Dude, it, you mentioned it's a 10-point win last week. Memphis is favored by 10. They had a great year. Uh, I'm with you on that one simply because if you go back and look at the stats on that game, it was pretty close. I, I know a 10-point margin's kind of sizable, but the stats were pretty close, and I'm with you. I'm picking Memphis in that game, but I'm lowering it a bit lower down my board than I think a lot of people are going to have it. Uh, and the other one that I'd say is, heck, at this point – I think I, you've got to move in higher on LSU than than you might anticipate when you're looking at a number one versus number four, number two versus number four, whatever the rankings are right now. Uh, because you look at Georgia, they've got no Lawrence Cager this week, wide receiver, a big-time target. George Pickens is out for the first half after fighting against Georgia Tech. 
There's questions <laughs> around DeAndre Swift. And my goodness, yeah. this, this Georgia offense hasn't been this good. Hasn't been that good this year. So I talked to you last week. I was entertaining the idea maybe Georgia makes a game out of this. But after this past weekend, I just don't know that it can happen. Because you're looking at a Georgia team that's been inconsistent offensively. You take away two, maybe three of their best weapons early or for most of this game. And now you're looking at an LSU defense that, hey, they haven't been great. But if you're telling me that you're going to be missing Lawrence Cager and George Pickens and LSU has all the confidence in the world in its secondary, they are going to man up those guys on the outside and they're going to stack the box. I know Georgia has more than one running back. I know they've got talent there. And even if DeAndre Swift plays, he's an important player, but they're going to stack the box and they're going to slow down that run game. And then you're looking at LSU, a team with a special offense that's going to give problems to Georgia's uh, secondary. So uh, I know that in a matchup where you're looking at like a two versus a four, a lot of people are going to have a lot of question about that, maybe put it low. Heck, even if you're putting Georgia as your winner, I would suggest, hey, put that number very, very low if you're looking for them to spring the upset. But if you're looking at LSU, I'd say slide them up your board because I feel pretty confident that they have what it takes to be able to move through that game well, no matter what the rankings say. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably have uh, LSU probably in that six seven range. He, here's where Georgia could be a great value if you are anywhere between that ten point fifteen point range and and you like you, you just got to go for it. Yeah, most people are gonna are gonna end up doing what you and I are talking about, sliding LSU slowly up the board. And here's why I say that if you're in that 10 to 15 point range, I would slide Georgia up into that six, seven, eight range. Because if, if that game doesn't go for you, if it well, flips, you weren't going to, you weren't going <laughs> to, you weren't going to catch them anyway. So if you're, if you, you know, if you're going for it, then, then that's respectable. Don't, don't play to, um, just coming second or third. And I think that probably makes some sense. You got to clarify, I guess, where you stand in this thing. Cause I'm coming from a perspective that I'm right at the top. Like I said, I'm one point oh, back. Yeah. I'm just looking That's to exactly swing right. this thing. And I'm sitting here looking, Hey, if somebody drops LSU to like a four or a five right. and I've got them sitting at, like you said, a six or a seven, maybe an eight, then man, you're swinging it early and you're getting some points that uh that maybe somebody else wasn't looking at the matchup quite right so that's that's, exactly right that's where i'm looking at it and which makes total sense i there's no way that that um uh, like if if you're a leader or you're like one or two points back i'm sliding lsu up the board like exactly like you said somebody else that that i would i would probably slide up the board a little bit with in in a couple ways one i think central michigan um, is, is better than Miami of Ohio. And mm-hmm. I think Alcorn State, because they have already beaten Southern, they've already yep. beaten this year by 14 points earlier in the year, I think there's a pretty good chance that, that you can slide that one up a little bit higher, yeah. even though you may not know who they are, right? You Chances are you've not watched Alcorn State or Southern this year, but that's somebody that if you're looking at these teams you don't know a ton about, I would slide them up my board and see if I can get a five or six points out of them because they've already beaten them um, handily by 14 points earlier in the year. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Look at schedules. Look at who teams have played. You might have seen these matchups already (laughs) once before. 
I like it, Alan Denton. It's appreciated. Thank you so much for your time. Dude, I'm looking forward to it as we build our way through the rest of this Pick'em slate because it means the Bowl Pick'em is coming up next, and we've already got people registering on BellyUpSports.com for a big bowl contest coming up postseason. Let's go. I absolutely can't wait to pick all these bowls. There's like 40 something of them. And, and you're, you, you know, you're thinking crazy about whether to slide somebody up to like a 25 pointers <laughs> versus a 15 pointer. It's fantastic. Like we talked and play with us, man. Like we talked about too, when you're sitting there looking at, you've got to slide your national championship game in there somewhere. You know, some people <laughs> might just drop it yeah. to the one because you don't know who's playing in there, but you're going to have some people being bold going, you know what? I'm going to stick it at a 15 or a 20 because I think this team's winning the national championship. And sometimes it's worthwhile. It's going to be a blast, man. I can't wait for it. I know that our uh, our group, we've already got nearly 30 people registered for this thing. It's been up for only a week. And then I've talked to a number of other people who are going to do it as well. And I know you're going to spread the word on your end. Uh, but we're looking for, like we talked about earlier, you and I were texting back and forth. We're looking for 50 plus people. Uh, I think we're going to hit at least 50 people in this thing. And we're going to keep on letting it grow word of mouth and let people spread the word because the blackout is going to become your source for the best information on the college football pickums, both bowl and regular season next year. We know our college football, man. It is a blast, and I cannot wait for it. Alan, thank you for your time. Dude, I appreciate it. You can follow him on Twitter at AD on the Blackout. You can follow me on Twitter at TB on the Blackout, and we'll get you all the information you need for bowl pickums and more. You'll reach out. You'll find us. Next week, we'll do a preview episode for all the bowl games, and then we'll stay tuned on Twitter. We'll have some tips for you as we go throughout the season as well, so you're going to want to follow us there. Alan, I appreciate your time. Thank you for it, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime next week. Sounds great, man. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Bowl pick coming here on the Blackout. Blackout.